Thank you very much, Camille. And uh, thank you as well to Francois. So thank you for inviting me and my first visit to SRHE. And I hope not the last. <laughs> you may be the judge of that. Um, okay, in terms of what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to give just a little bit of context that will be quite familiar with you in terms of changes in higher education, particularly uh, post-2010. Um, I'm going to just sort of outline um, some personal sort of experience in the field of student engagement as Camille has said already at a national level and more recently as a sort of a manager within the university and um, I'm going to focus around our work around sustainable development. I'm going to touch on another national initiative that I was involved in starting up which was the student-led teaching awards but really that's just to, at the very end just to give you a flavour because I think there's some interesting parallels related to the topic. Um, so I've just pulled up a few uh, key policy documents. Um, we have Brown, which was 2010, um, and as you know, the NUS were, were very much involved in that, and Aaron Porter. Um, time's higher aren't here yet, are they? I won't say any more. Um, just to say that I need to resign early. We have, uh, in 2011, uh, DBiz produced its white paper, Students at the Heart of the System, and at the same time, in Scotland, we had a very similar title putting learners at the centre, but the policies around student funding were extremely different. So very much in England it's been sort of tripling of tuition fees, marketisation of higher education, whereas in Scotland we've retained this sort of publicly funded higher education. And Alex Salmond was very fa uh, famously quoted in saying that the rocks will melt in the sun before tuition fees are introduced in Scotland. Okay, so student engagement, it's a term that's commonly used, but actually it's multifaceted, it's very complicated. Um, interestingly, um, this isn't anything particularly new, we, we use it a lot recently, but actually if you go back to someone like John Dewey in the 19th century, he was talking a lot about experiential learning. Uh, and then similarly that brought things like Kolb as well, Kolb's theory of experiential learning. You hear about uh, students as producers of knowledge, students as co-creators. The HEA uses the term students as partners. Uh, we have which involved now, so does that mean students are consumers? Um, I think basically what I would like to say is that it's a, it's a taxonomy that goes everything from students engaged in their own learning right through to sort of students involved uh, maybe as class representatives, right through sort of institutional uh, policy development, representation, right through to the national level. And I think all of those constitute student engagement. So it's a, it's a complex concept. So obviously personal involvement as a student, more laterally as an academic. Um, relevant to this presentation, uh, we ran uh, from 2007 to 2009 some student subject networks with Sparks. Sparks, for those of you who are not familiar, is a development agency in Scotland uh, for supporting student involvement in quality assurance and enhancement. I think, uh, on reflection, that initiative was, was not as successful as we wished. I think it was probably ahead of its time. Um, but I can answer some questions on that. 
With the Higher Education Academy, we developed a student engagement taxonomy, and I've given you a flavour of that just now. There was a student-led teaching awards with National Union of Student that launched in 2009. And then what I want to talk about today, which is our student attitudes towards and skills in sustainable development. Um, at an institutional level, just to say, um, I joined Abertay University in 2013. My role has been to lead the development and implementation of a new teaching and learning strategy in the university. We have a student partnership agreement between the institution and uh, the student association. And uh, there are a number of other Scottish universities uh, that have these official uh, documentations, official agreements. Um, and it's an expectation from the Scottish Government that all Scottish universities should have such a thing. Uh, the HERE, Higher Education Achievement Report, again, I think it's fair to say that the, the students were a significant catalyst in calling for the HERE. The HERE is about recognising students' wider achievements beyond the academic curriculum. We obviously, like all universities, are involved in things like the NUS, NSS, I should say, and we have our own internal surveys, both module and programme level. But really want to, what I flag up there is we've been doing some quite detailed qualitative <coughs> and quantitative analysis of our survey data using students as researchers. So that's undergraduates and postgraduates. And ATLEF, that's an Abertay uh, acronym. It means Abertay Teaching Learning Enhancement Fund. And again, this is uh, pedagogic research innovation projects uh, that we've been funding to support our new teaching and learning strategy and again we've been trying to get undergraduate students actually involved in the research so not just the subject of the research not just say participating in focus groups but actually facilitating the focus groups undertaking desk-based research and again not just our postgraduate students but our undergraduate students as well so I'd like to hope that that sort of conveys that I, there's something, an agenda that I truly believe in. Um, okay, focusing now on our, our topic uh, for the day. Um, this was a collaboration since 2010. I think it's fair to say that the NUS and Higher Education Academy um, it was a common strategic interest. Um, I think it was quite timely because we were, um, this was in the midst of the economic downturn. There was the introduction of fees, uh, tripling of fees coming in in 2011. There had been quite a lot of uh, discussion in policy documents about the so-called green economy. Um, so there was an a student employability angle to this. Um, but there was a perceived gap in the evidence base. It was all sort of anecdotal that this was an agenda which students believed in and wanted more support in from universities. Um, I think one of the unique features of this work was it's the fact that it's a longitudinal uh, study. It's been involved, this is fourth sweeps. Um, we've got the report came out in November 2014 for the fourth sweep and there is a fifth uh, this, this year. I think the rest are really just what I've said there. And I think this is again just a sort of a, a flavour, I think, of the, the whole talk is this notion of evidence-based policy development. So again, I think that's just something I want to, to stress. Okay, and the other point that we wanted to check was we want, by doing it longitudinally, there was an opportunity to see whether students' attitudes towards sustainability actually changed 
during their time at university. So we actually took, undertook research to see what their initial skills and attitudes were towards sustainability, but how, if at all, did that change during the time that they were in the university? Okay, so from 2010 to 2012, uh, the research was in the form of an online questionnaire. Uh, there was nearly 16,000 responses in total. And then for 2013-14, there was again uh, an online questionnaire and it was supplemented by desk-based research. So it allowed some triangulation of current literature uh, with the research which the NUS had undertaken in 2010-2012. In so that by the end uh, they had over 21,300 students uh, <coughs> responding. So it's a very significant number. Um, so these are the sort of the core themes of the research. Um, as I said, they, what they were explored students' attitudes towards uh, sustainability, involvement in sustainability pre-higher education. Um, there's, as I will come on to this in more detail, sustainable development is a term for which it's quite difficult to find a, a, a definition. Um, so how did students define, what did sustainability mean to students? So that was, an, uh, that was the aim of the research. Um, what were students' <coughs> attitudes towards the role of higher education in sustainable development? What were the expectations? Was it something that they expected in the curriculum or the wider student experience? Uh, what were their attitudes towards future sustainable policies? And what, again, look at the employability angle, what was their awareness and perhaps their readiness for the green economy? So this is one of the core slides uh, sort of gives us our, our key findings. So you'll see here, one of the key things that I want to show here is actually this data. These are four questions, four years. And you'll see that the consistency is remarkable, especially when you consider that, you know, the terms of tuition fees tripled, probably from their perspective back here. There's been not that much difference, actually, in terms of student attitudes towards sustainability with the introduction of the, of the £9,000 fees. Um, you'll see that we still have more than 80% of students believe that sustainability is something which universities should be involved in and promoting. And more than 60% of students actually want to learn more about sustainability. So there's an, a, a real case here, I think, for university involvement and support towards uh, sustainable development. Okay, the other thing we wanted to do was just, just to see whether there was a national angle uh, to this. And I'd say that from the data, it's, it's, it's slight. Um, there seems to be a, a, a slight increase in English students' um, desire for, or English students' expectation that universities should be involved in supporting SD compared with Scotland and Wales, but it is slight. And again, in terms of sustainability is something I would like to learn more about. I think Scotland is a slightly higher number. So the difference between students' uh, expectations and students actually wanting to learn about sustainability themselves, <laughs> the gap is less in Scotland than it is in the rest of the UK. But it's not massively different. And the other thing I just wanted to point out is you will see that the number of students uh, responding from English universities is about 20 times higher 
than Scottish universities. So that might be a factor. So I don't really want to say too much about it. I think it's fair to say that right across the UK, uh, students are really um, seeing this as a, a priority agenda. So as I said, um, sustainable development is a rather nebulous term. And uh, every time I go along to a seminar, uh, on sustainability, there's a lot of argument about what does uh, sustainable development really mean. Um, I was, for my sins, on the QAA, HEA uh, guidance for sustainability steering group, and I think we spent hours, hours on trying to come up with a definition uh, for sustainable development. So I'm not going to rehearse you a, a definitive uh, explanation of SD, but really just to say that um, it should encompass environment, social, and economic uh, aspects. And very interestingly, you'll see from these word clouds that the students are still focusing on the environmental side of things. There's very little mention of both the social and economic, and that's just an observation. And the other thing just to note is between these sort of two years, this is uh, 2012 first years, and then the same cohort of students going, so 2013 second years, there's not that much difference. So their attitudes have not changed massively and they're still very much focused on the environmental aspects of sustainability. Okay, well one of the other things, is, this is quite an interesting slide. So we asked students um, if, assuming all other factors are equal, would you uh, be prepared to take a sort of a, a higher salary position, £1,000 uh, higher, for a company with a poor environmental and social record. I think this is a, um, you'll see that actually only about a third of students um, said yes, and the number is dropping, which is good to see. Um, I think this ties in beautifully with our next talk actually from, from Glasgow. And again, looking at the, the, the reverse, so nearly, uh, well more than two thirds of students were willing to sacrifice, take a salary sacrifice of a thousand pounds to go and work for a company with a strong environmental and social uh, record. However, um, I suppose sustainability does come with a bit of a price tag and there are limits. Um, so when we ask the same question and, and move it up to three thousand pounds, you'll see that the number has gone from about two thirds down to just under a half of students and actually the number of students who are willing um, to sort of work for a company with a poor environmental social record uh, increases when the salary is £3,000 uh, higher than average. So that might be a little bit uh, depressing but perhaps on the other hand not entirely surprising. So in terms of the sort of the impact, sorry that's gone there, I think that actually it's had significant impact uh, and at multiple levels and I think that's again a sort of a common theme for this talk is that a sort of a, a national policy level and um, you'll see here in this guidance uh, note to Hefke from DBiz there's a recognition about the sort of the student they talk about the enthusiasm of students so there is that is undoubtedly a, a reference to this work so it's influenced government um, they've been, NUS I think has been very successful in terms of the Student Green Fund, that's a £5 million funding uh, from HEFKE to the NUS and as a 25 projects have been funded uh, through that initiative to date. 
involving 26 student unions in England. And uh, right now there's an, an, another initiative called Responsible Futures. Um, the NUS are piloting with about 10 institutions in Scotland and England and that's looking at how we can embed sustainability in the curriculum and basically it's like a benchmarking tool. So it is a bit of a ranking tool and will have accreditation um, but I think it's had a significant impact. And the other thing just to note is the, there is HEFGE are developing a sustainable development framework and I know that NUS have been very involved in that and lobbying for that but I don't think it's it's public just yet. Um, the other thing just to note is I think that the impact of the research has been incredibly helpful uh, for other national agencies. So as I said I mentioned earlier there was this guidance issued from the QAA and the Higher Education Academy on Education for Sustainable Development and as I said we've got the Student Green Fund. There was something that I initiated called the Green Academy and this was an institute, whole institutional approaches to sustainability so it's embedded in the curriculum and embedded in the campus and the wider student experience. So a number of universities have been involved in the Green Academy, I think it's been about 20 institutions from across the UK have been supported to try and mainstream uh, sustainability into the student experience. Um, and I think the other thing just to note is this uh, issue of, of partnership working. I think it's been incredibly successful but it's a beautiful example of national agencies uh, working together with universities and the student body. Um, I just wanted to uh, give you an example, a case study from my current university. Um, this research is undoubtedly uh, been a helpful catalyst to for us to sort of push the sustainability agenda <coughs> at Abate. And I just wanted to sort of show um, a couple of slides on what we've been doing in terms of the sustainability agenda. So this is the Abate attributes. Uh, basically there are graduate attributes. Uh, we had, I think we were the first Scottish University to formalise its graduate attributes in 2011 and we wanted to revise them in light of our new teaching and learning strategy. So again, we had a number of meetings and discussions around semantics. There's a lot of uh, semantics when it comes to graduate attributes, but we wanted to take a rather fresh approach. So this is the model um, that we've come up with, and there are basically four dimensions, uh, spheres, there over there's some overlap, but intellectual, personal, professional, and relevant to this talk today, active citizen. Um, and the idea here is that these uh, attributes will obviously influence curriculum design, but they're also meant to be sort of a tool for reflection for students and formative use of the Higher Education Achievement Report. And interestingly, um, we did say come up with this model from first principles, but there are significant um, synergies, I think, between this and, say, the Scottish Schools Curriculum for Excellence capabilities. And indeed, uh, you <coughs> may or may not be aware, this, this fellow, Sir Patrick Geddes, is the uh, father of modern city town planning, who had quite a history from Dundee. And he came up with this notion in the uh, 20th century about Scottish generalism of head, heart and hand. So again, I think there's some interesting parallels there with our modern day attributes. And this is just to provide you with the, the text of what we've said, uh, active citizen attributes would be at Abertay. And really it's just to note, I think you'll, you'll agree that this captures the three aspects of sustainability. <coughs> so environmental, social 
and economic. Okay, just some final uh, reflections on the success. Um, I think, why do I think it's been so successful? I think the fact that there's the the wealth of data, the fact that it's been four years, the fact that it is remarkably consistent gives us real confidence so that when we say more than 80% of students believe that this should be uh, something which universities should be involved in supporting, you know, there are four years of data. Consistent message comes out year after year after year that this is something that students believe in and are passionate about. Um, I think it's fair to say as well that the NUS, I'm giving a bit of a flag here for NUS, but I think it's supported very much NUS's agenda. I think NUS have been very um, focused, they've got excellent relations with government, with funders and other national agencies. I think quite focused political campaigning and, and lobbying. Um, so, I, And I think the other thing was it obviously filled a gap. So finally, I just wanted to sort of flag up this. Um, this would be another talk in its own right. But it is another success story between the National Union of Students and the Higher Education Academy. Um, I uh, piloted this work with, with Liam Burns, who was uh, president of Scottish NUS at the time with eight Scottish universities in 2009-10, and it has subsequently gone viral. So I think almost all universities, if not all, certainly the majority of universities in the UK have a student-led teaching award. And I think, again, there's some really quite interesting parallels in terms of it being bottom-up, hearing the, the voice of our grassroots students right through to sort of strategic-level engagement within the university, but also nationally. And it's providing us with some really rich new data about what students perceive as excellence in teaching. Okay, I think that's me. Great, thanks so much.